0: And hello, everybody. This is Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us here on the program today. And I'm giving my draft recap for the New York Jets. Now, the Jets haven't been talked about as much since this draft ended as much as the New York Giants for their questionable picks. And I will certainly get to that on another episode. So make sure you like, follow and subscribe so you don't miss that one. So I had to give the New York Jets some love, and I thought that this draft was very interesting because, to me, it highlights Mike McCagnin as the New York Jets general manager. Now we have a history of patterns in the draft, and I wanted to go over that. The good and, to me, the questionable of this year's 2019 NFL draft. Now, for Mike McCagnin, there's good and bad in the draft. We've seen this multiple times now over his tenure with the New York Jets. The good is, in the first round, he's done pretty well. He has gone for the best player available, regardless of fit, and I think he did that once again, getting the best defensive prospect in Quinton Williams. And it's worked out pretty well. Jamal Adams has been a cornerstone, Sam Darnold has been a cornerstone, and Leonard Williams has been a cornerstone. And the one time he kind of went for a need was Darren Lee, and that hasn't turned out so well as it looks like he won't be on the roster next year. What's concerning to me about Mike McCagnan is his later round picks. There have been a lot of whiffs. And once again, this year... Follows that pattern where he's taking risks on some guys. Maybe trying to get a little bit more of the talented guys that have question marks. And they haven't all worked out too well for him. And that's what's concerning about this draft for me with the New York Jets is the character. Because if you look at the Jets draft history, there's been some decent players he's found in later rounds. Jordan Jenkins in the third round was a nice pick. Uh, Elijah McGuire. uh, I also really like Chris Herndon from last year's draft. And Brandon Shell, there's been a couple of decent picks, but man, there's also been a lot of risks. I mean, Ja'Kai Polite was a first-round talent in January, but had poor interviews and also showed up out of shape and didn't do well at the combine. Now, here's here's the way I look at Polite. People are going over and over about the interviews, and while I'm not a big fan of not having a bad of having a bad interview and To me, it's not the end-all, be-all, especially with an edge rusher. I mean, I want a guy that can just get to the quarterback. I'm not asking for a cerebral football player like a middle linebacker or a safety or a center or a quarterback. So that doesn't concern me as much as the physical where he showed up and ran a really slow 40, 4.91, and said it was a hamstring issue but gained some weight. That, to me, is more concerning that he knows he's going to be in the draft process. He knows he's got the 40 and he shows up overweight. That's not good. Now, do I think he could turn the switch on and potentially be a great edge rusher? Maybe he has a chip on his shoulder job into the third round. That that's possible, and that's what you hope for, but there's a lot of risk with Polite. Then you also have other risk in this draft as well. Um you have Chuma Adoga, the left tackle, right tackle from USC. Now, here's what I'm hoping with this pick. I'm hoping Sam Darnold says, look, I know that there's been some negatives on him. He had the incident where he pushed a referee and was suspended, but I know this kid, I know he works hard, and look, he's a great pass protector, he's not a mauler, but he's very good, quick on his feet, good pass blocker, and he is a guy that could be a potential left tackle, and it could be a future left tackle, especially with Shell and Beecham's contracts ending next year, so as a player, I'm not exactly, I think this was a good pick, but the one thing that would concern me is the character issues again, But once again, I do think Sam Darnold was a big influence in this pick, and I'm less worried about him than I am Polite, because at least with, and even though Polite has some jet connections, at least with him with uh, Adoga, Sam Darnold, I think that they went to him and asked, look, we have some concerns potentially, do you think he's a good fit? And I do think Sam Darnold is a good judge of character. So hopefully this will work out for the Jets and I do think that they will look into this and they did their homework. So I'm not as worried about him, but then I'm worried about some of their later round picks. Now, now here's where I started having problems with the Jets was on day three. Now, I'm going to get to the needs later, but this is where it started to really raise some question marks for me, where they traded back, they got an extra pick, and I'm like, okay, that's great, they're going to get an extra body. They drafted Trevin Wesco, the tight end out of West Virginia. Now... He's a great run-blocking tight end. I think they can move him around, play him as a fullback. He has decent athleticism, six foot three, two 267 pounds. But he only had 28 career catches. And to me, especially in a great tight end class, if you were going to draft a tight end, you could have done it potentially earlier. But with Chris Herndon, they already have Eric Tomlinson on the roster. I'm thinking to myself, with all the needs that they have in the limited amount of picks, why are they getting a tight end here? And there were some decent corners still on the board. I thought that the, there was rumors today, and I believe it was either Manish Med or uh, Rich Chimini said they were trying to trade up in the second round to get one of the great corners or one of the wide receivers in the second round, but they weren't able to trade up. But getting a tight end here, especially a blocking tight end when this is a passing lead now, now I understand that on paper saying, well, this could be great, this could help with our running game, help open up some holes for Le'Veon Bell. But... I'm looking for a tight end that if he's going to be a blocker, like I liked, for example, uh, Moreau, the tight end from LSU, because he, even though he was more of a run blocker, he had more of a pedigree as a pass catcher, and he was a better athlete, and you thought he could develop and be one of those nice roll tight ends. With all the needs you have, you go with a tight end here? And then I was looking down again. I was thinking, okay, well, in the fifth round, they got Blake Cashman, the middle linebacker. Who's a guy I like? I thought he, was, he has a good motor. I think he'll be a nice role player and a tight and a special teamer. Also signals that I don't think Darren Lee is going to be on this roster either, but this is a guy I'm like thinking, okay, they this adds depth to the linebacker position. Okay, there's still some other position they could address. But then the final pick really, really made my scratch, man, which was, was uh, Blasón Austin, the cornerback from Rutgers. And I'm saying to myself, w- wait a minute, they, they waited this long to get a corner? And then I'm thinking, okay, they they go out, they get a corner, all right. But this is the problem I had, is he's coming off back-to-back knee surgeries. He's only played in five games in the past two seasons. I'm thinking to myself, why are they drafting a guy here in the sixth round that will probably be a priority free agent? And this was really the final pick, and it drove me nuts because of this. Is We've seen a couple of times where McCagnan has gone out and gotten a player with bad injury history... And it has not worked out. Uh, Remember Devin Smith? I mean, he never played 14 total games. I mean, he was never healthy, but he had injury issues at Ohio State. But the Jets still drafted him. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not good. Then a couple years ago, they drafted uh, Derek Jones, the cornerback out of Michigan. He never saw the field, and he had injury problems as well. And I kept saying to myself, why is he drafting guys that are injury-prone? I mean, if you're hurt in college and you've had injury problems in college, then I'm concerned you're going to stay healthy in the NFL. And with a team that has so many needs still and a limited amount of picks, I'd rather take take a less talented player, a guy with less upside, but a body that was healthy and you have a feeling could be there. I mean, there's even talks that he's going to start the season on the pup list, and I'm like, why are we taking a guy here in the draft that, Might not even be available in training camp, and this is what's concerning to me about mccagnon in this Jets drafts. Is look, he's done fine in the first round, but where you make your money drafting is in the second to fifth rounds. Finding stars in the Jets, it has not been good to them. I mean, I'm looking back last year, third round pick Nathan Shepherd, talented guy, but a guy that never played against NFL level, and you saw that. He had a big learning curve last year, and even though he'd made some nice plays, it never really worked out. Then Ardarius Stewart, Chad Henson, both are no longer on the roster. I mean, then you look at Christian Hackenberg, who was a complete bust, Justin Burris. I mean, there's a lot of guys. Lorenzo Malden still is no longer on the team. Bryce Petty is no longer on the team. There's a lot of mid-guys that the Jets have really whiffed on, and that's what's concerning to me, and I think why there might be a little bit of a rift between Gase and between McCagnan, because I think that, to me, the way I've interpreted Gase is he's a guy, he wants some grinders, he wants guys that are going to be available. And a lot of these guys, they have a lot of good upside, but there's a lot of questions with them. And I look at New England, and New England, once again, and I understand they had more picks, But once again, you look at all the New England picks, what do they all have in common? They are great leaders. They're well-known for their work ethic, their motor, for not having questions off the field. And more importantly, they might not be as talented as some of the other guys ahead of them, but you feel like they're safer picks. And especially with the Jets, I wish they went a little bit safer now, Polite's a big upside guy. I can get why they took that risk, having a guy that was a potential first-round talent as a pass rusher in the third round. And to me, as long as they feel like he's going to be in shape, I don't really care about his interviews. I think that that could be the pick that's going to determine how good this draft is. I don't necessarily have a problem with the left tackles. I do believe they asked Sam Darnold. I think he signed off. But the last couple of picks in this draft really had me scratching my head. When you're limited with draft picks... I mean, you get a tight end who only has 28 career catches in college. And to me, when I came into this draft, too, I said, what are the three biggest needs? And I said, did the Jets address their three biggest needs? Which was, if I had to say the top three needs for this team was an edge rusher, a center, and a cornerback. Now, you're going to say, well, they got two of the three. But here's the thing. Okay, I'll give you the edge rusher. They didn't draft a center. They don't have a starting center next year kind of an important position didn't even address the center position which made me scratch my head but then the cornerback position you're saying well they addressed it well they addressed it in the sixth round when there's a lot of good cornerback prospects rounds two to five some that could even potentially start in the fourth round that the Jets passed on and then I look in the sixth round they're getting a guy that might start on the pup list so you drafted a corner that might not play next year Now, it'll be interesting to see now there's rumors that Jadavian Clowney could be available. I could see the Jets being the sweepstakes for him. I could see him being in the market for a cornerback, uh, Ziggy Anson, free agency. So I I think that they can find a way to get another edge rusher. I think you can find a way, but finding a cornerback, I mean, could they bring back Maurice Claiborne? Sure, it's possible, but this was another draft again where Mike McCagnan. And I give him credit because you don't necessarily have to fill all your needs. There's other ways to do that. And I think that teams that just get hamstrung by the need really get hurt. But you look at the strength of this draft. There's a lot of good corner prospects. There's a lot of good offensive line prospects. And they only drafted one offensive lineman. They drafted a corner that's played five games in the last two years. I mean, I don't know what I'm missing here. I mean, he took advantage of the pass rusher. He took advantage of getting Quinn Williams. I think his best picks were his first two picks. I mean, the polite pick, I think, is a big boomer bust, but if I'm getting a first-round talent in the third round, I'm going to take that chance. But after that, I'm like, okay, decent left tackle, development of prospect fine. And then it really takes a sharp dive. For you like, okay, we got a backup middle linebacker. That was probably my favorite pick of day three. They got a tight end that had 28 catches last year and is a run blocker, but they didn't draft a center. They don't have a center going into next year. They already have a blocking tight end in Tomlinson. I mean, the tight end position, you're going to address it, address it earlier. Don't address it in the fourth round. And I'm looking, I'm saying, look, they need offensive line bodies. They could use some more depth at the outside linebacker position. They could use some help in the secondary. And in the secondary, even the safety position, I think they need another backup player. I mean, if you looked at my mock drafts for the Jets, I hit on Quentin Williams. I hit on Polite. But I said that I looked at this draft, and even though I had them drafting tight ends, it was when they acquired picks, and it was later, and they were for higher value. I was looking. I always had them getting a backup safety in some capacity. But but again, I do think the Jets did have a good draft. I did think that, once again, the reason McCagnin is here, and I do think he is on the nice, but here's the reason why he's here for another year. It's hard to get rid of a general manager that hit on a potential franchise quarterback, which they did in Sam Darnold. I think that that is the saving grace for Mike McCagnin. It's hard to get rid of a guy that in back-to-back drafts gave you keystone defensive players and offensive players to build your franchise around like a Jamal Adams and a Sam Darnold, and now this year a Quinton Williams. It's hard because especially when you look at it, they're saying, man, his second through seven have not been great, but his first rounds, man, they've been good. So for McKagnon, there's a lot of risk in this draft. But if he hits on the first three picks, if he gets a future starting tackle, if he gets an edge rusher, if he gets a great defensive player in the first three, and I'm not saying the backup three have to be great if they can contribute in some way, but if he hits on these first three picks in the draft, I think it will be viewed as a good draft. But I do think the Jets, there's a lot of question marks in this draft because you have a lot of character issues with some of these picks. Uh, outside of the first pick, you have questions about health, and this is the one concerning thing I have, was more the health, where you've seen him draft some character issues, and you've draft some injury issues in the past, and they have not worked out for the Jets. They have not worked out, and that is what's concerning to me, is we've seen this pattern before, and it has not been good. Look, there have been some decent late-round picks. I will admit that from Mike McCagnon, but where the Jets need to make their money, especially in this draft, was addressing needs and getting value and getting solid players. And there's some question marks hanging into next season. Now, they did a good job in free agency, but I do think McCagnan his biggest strength actually is not the draft. It's dealing picks to get players. I think the best move last year was the Henry Anderson trade, where he traded a seventh round pick and got a guy that got led the team in sacks. He's good at trading those late-round picks for proven veterans or good young players. To me, that's McCagnon's strength. I think his other strength was drafting in the first round. But it'll be interesting to see if the Jets can maneuver, maybe get another pass rusher in free agency. I think that'll be great. I still think there's a lot of work to be done before opening day. But overall, I'll say this again, I'm not going to give a dra- draft grade. I think that grades are, you know, it's tough. you got to wait a couple of years to give a complete grade. There's things I like. There's things I didn't like. And I do think that this was a big draft for the Jets. I think that it's getting unnoticed because of the Giants draft across town. But I do think that, once again, McCagney got a great building piece in the first round. But what's going to determine the success of this draft is going to be the later picks, especially day two. Because you have two prospects that on the high end could be a potential starting left tackle and a great edge rusher for you. But on the low end, you have two potential guys that could be head cases in the locker room and could be major busts at the position. That's going to do it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Make sure to like and follow wherever you are watching or listening. That's YouTube, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and available on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Uh, I'm going to do a Giants recap soon. Make sure you follow so You don't miss that. But until next time. This is Rich Sports Talk and I'm your host, Nolan Rich.